Frank Gore Jr., Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and you listen to Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. They got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Another Fun Belt podcast. We're at the midway point. Dusty Thibodeau, Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of HowRazor.com, Shane Metlin of the Heisman Trophy Voting Society, also of the Daily News Record. Guys, it was another great weekend of Fun Belt football. Shane got to see a good old ass whooping. I got to see another heartbreak. Troy got a shutout. Arkansas wow. State somehow survived the bye. What'd y'all see this week? Man, I watched more Sunbelt football, like back to back to back, than I've watched in a long time. And it was glorious. <laughs> Starting with that JMU goal or Eagles game that I thought was going to be like a, a, like a barn burner. And it was a one-sided bar burner. For the Dukes, <laughs> it looked like the Eagles had no idea what they were doing on offense or defense. It's like <laughs> there was open wide receivers all day long for for Jordan McLeod to pick people off with. It was just extraordinary how bad the Eagles looked <laughs> against JMU on Saturday. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, to your first point, Tibbs and I were talking before you got on here about how it's a it's a much different scenario early in the season i'm trying to see if i can see any of like 14 different games going on in a six hour window and now they're all staggered very nicely with the you get a chance to see almost everybody in the league um on a given day so that part's cool beyond that you know you're you're right georgia southern did not play a good game they didn't play a game that they're capable of playing jamie also played their first real complete game of the season first time where they were kind of clicking on all three phases really until it was put away. I mean, they didn't score in the fourth quarter. The game was already decided at that point. Um, So, I mean, it was, it was a very, very good JMU performance, but also one of those Georgia Southerns where they, they go from looking like they could beat anybody in the conference to every once in a while having those games where like Wisconsin, where, you know, they make a ton of mistakes and it, and it really hurts them. 
Yeah, I believe two picks from Bryn. Bryn has the most picks of anybody in the Sun Belt. But uh, I, 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 yeah, I, t- Tibbs, I, it felt like to me, and maybe I'm getting paranoid that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it. But it feels like Kurt Signetti heard us talking about about how weak, or maybe maybe the there was a weak point in the secondary of the Dukes, and it just made him angry. And he heard us saying, well, if anybody's going to exploit that weakness, it's going to be Georgia Southern. And Signetti just put out a cigarette in somebody's eye and said, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to show Fun Belt Podcast just how big of idiots they are. Well, I'm going to add some more uh, message board material for him this week. <laughs> Watching James Madison, uh-huh. they didn't even look like they were trying. I mean, they looked effortless in that game. I know. And, and it, I mean, it, it was like it was boring to watch. It was like watching a high school v peewee football or a college versus a juco. It was bad football. And, and by that, I mean, it just wasn't entertaining because it was a blowout one-sided affair all the way through. Yeah. And not there wasn't competition on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. It was just all dukes. And it was like, you, you could kind of, if you looked at the team side by side, you'd say, all right, well, physically, they don't seem any different. They don't look faster or bigger or stronger than each other. I mean, they look equal, but man, it's like everybody from the Dukes knew, had, knew their roles, knew exactly what they were doing, knew that, that every play was going to be a success, and it was. It was just a master class of football down in Harrisonburg. And it was it was a kind of a joy to watch in some regards, but right, Dusty, it was also a big snore. <clears throat> it was definitely a game where, after suffering their first loss in Statesboro last year, uh-huh. when they they got that top twenty five ranking, and then they go down to Georgia Southern and immediately lose, they're out of the rankings for the rest of the year. Um, That's the first of three straight. That was yeah. as locked in as JMU has been in a long time. Like you said, everybody knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing and everybody executed their role because they, they wanted that game really badly. Yeah. And the streamers were flowing and uh, the Dukes undefeated in the Sun Belt, <laughs> literally knocking on the door of the AP top 25. Well-deserved. I'm still Here, Here's the, the most telling really. stat though of that game, Jeremy. Uh, are you interrupting Wait, wait, did you interrupt me before I went on a wild, angry, furious tangent about the AP Top 25? Because if you did, that was wise. Because yeah, I was I, d- I did. I, I, I wanted to save our listeners from hearing you bitch about that yet again, week after week after <laughs> oh week after God. week. Yeah. I'm going to bitch again tonight. I'm going to do it. I just Go voted ahead. in the preseason basketball poll, so now I'm part of the problem, according to Jeremy. I'm gonna buy was, the there, was there any mid-majors in your Top 25 poll? There were. Oh, Gonzaga does not count. Gonzaga yeah. doesn't count. St. Mary's, does it count? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think nah, so. Maybe. Charleston. Got? Charleston. Okay. Yeah, okay. Florida, Florida Atlantic, of course. Uh, <laughs> I know number eight. Yeah. Um, Memphis probably doesn't count. No. I think Memphis no. does. I think they do. I mean, yeah. if you're in a – yeah. I, no, listen, you, hey, you have blue glasses on when you say that. By the way, hey, listen. Do not let anybody from Memphis hear you say that because they will take that as ammunition. They they think 
like, like, like I have friends that live in Memphis and they were talking so hard about Kansas and what was going on with Kansas as if Kansas and Memphis are on the same tier in terms of basketball <laughs> lore and history. And I was like, what are you guys even talking about? Why do you give a shit? What's going on with, with Kansas and NCAA? Well, a few free throws in 2008, they might've had something to say about that. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, Tim, while, while we're on, while we're on a basketball kick, though, oh, okay. right. Kansas, I know that hits close to home for you, uh, Shane. Okay. The 2017-2018 season did not exist yeah. for the Kansas Jayhawks. Unfortunately, yeah. there were no mid majors, and especially no Sun Belt impacted by that decision to delete history. But they will have to take their banner down. Yeah, I've always wondered about this. This is not like a Homer. Thing either like i've always wondered people always say like the banner's got to come down and this applies to louisville or whoever like sure. does it really i mean does the ncaa really get to tell you how to decorate your building you know, that is a good question i know memphis i mean i know it's not going to be in the record books but like do they really get to tell you like what you can and can't hang up put an asterisk i wonder if, <laughs> i wonder if you can put up a banner that phrases it differently like yeah like just a little few words twisted around. But... Years played in Final Four. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, SBC Eastern Champion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Kings right. of the Midwest region or whatever. Like, yeah, just like how, how JMU did it. Yeah, you can still stamp out a ring. And yeah, you can still apparently do those things. It's, Bring totally, us back to the football game, though. Yeah, totally Bring us back. Thank you. The telling stat. Georgia Southern ran 88 plays of offense, mm -hmm. <clears throat> averaging 4.2 yards per play. The mighty, 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 mighty Dukes, 54 plays, averaging 7.1 yards. They were whooping. Yeah. Wasn't much of a contest. The next game on the schedule. I did not get to see a single bit of this, and I am upset I, I by saw, it. I saw a lot of it, so I can fill, it, fill you in. The Troy Trojans yeah. went to New York, mm -hmm. moved the Sun Belt 2-0 over <laughs> the Black Knights of Army with the 19-0 shutout win. That's all I got for you. I, I really didn't see any of the games, so I couldn't tell you what happened. I know that their kicker went off because he was Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week for special teams. Absolutely. I think he was like 50 of 50 on field goals or something like that to, to get them where they were. Yeah, you know, the story of that game was, one, it was a miserable, rainy weather game. So really, whoever held on to the ball who could manage enough of that tackum on their hands to keep on to the ball was going to win. I think Army dropped it about three or four times. Troy had a moment where they ended up having a disastrous, well, wasn't too disastrous, didn't result in eight points, but they had a big fumble. But it was really Troy's defense was the story on that. Guys, in the last three games, Troy has given up a grand total of 10 points. Seven to South Alabama. Then the next week they give up three to the Arkansas State. Now zero to Army. They are on track, gentlemen, to giving up negative numbers for their next game. How is this possible? It's like plus is minus and minus is plus. It's like we had the solar eclipse or the, the lunar eclipse and it somehow changed the fabric of reality, time, and space. 
Troy's defense is for real. I'll agree with that. I mean, the closest I saw of Troy's defense was the JMU game. And, you know, you look at what JMU's done otherwise, you know, putting up 30 points Mm -hmm. a game or more each time besides that. And, you know, it scores were tough to come by down there. I mean, you know, Signetti said, you know, I thought field goals were really going to matter in this game. And that's the way it is in a Troy game. And you see, you know, Army couldn't get on the board. Troy, you know, gets better than normal production from their kicker, I think. I mean, I think he struggled at times this year and, you know, boots a few, including a 43-yarder, and uh, that was all they needed with that defense. You know, I can't even identify exactly what schemes that they're doing well in that Troy defense. I tell you what they do do well, just the fundamentals. Those guys don't miss tackles. You know, when they hit you the first time you're going down, it's not, none of this like, oh, I'm going to try to punt the ball out of your hands or I'm going to try to shove you out of bounds or I'm going to try to hit you so hard that you're out of the game. It's just a wrap-up tackle. These guys just – they don't mess around in Troy. Like I, I don't know what the final stats were for Army, but they wrapped up that Army rush game. I mean, they there's nobody running against Troy. You get, We just talked about the two best defenses – uh, in the Sun Belt, JMU and Troy, they've already had their epic defensive match. Would not be surprised to see those two teams again in the championship. It would be a little bit of a surprise. No, because JMU, you guys, would have, JMU would have to get some sort of a... Yeah, there might be some waiver. sort of... Yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> a game that does matter, though, for the uh-huh. East... Yeah. Marshall headed to the ATL to take on the Panthers. Camp Fancher, career day, 301 yards, one yeah. touchdown, 27 to 34. Not enough, though. He did win the, the head-to-head battle there against Darren Granger, but it was it just wasn't enough because it was Marcus Carroll. It was Granger's legs, not, not his arm, getting it done on the ground for three touchdowns there between the two of them. And they, they won it. 41-24. Georgia State. They might be for real, guys. You know, we spent so many so many minutes sort of degrading and putting down Georgia State because, after all, Georgia State always lets us down, right? We always say, well, this is the year that Georgia State's going to be good. And then they don't, they're not good. You know, they make us look like fools for supporting them. So we, we've been a little bit unfair to Georgia State. When they had trouble with Rhode <laughs> Island, we're like, ah, same old Georgia State. When they lost to, who who they lose to? Was it Georgia Southern? It was Troy. Yeah, then when they lost to Troy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just mentioned it. Damn it. When they lost to Troy by seven points, or only scored seven points on Troy, we're like, oh, I guess there's just something wrong with Georgia State. Turns out Troy's pretty good. Georgia State, you know, without JMU, being able to claim that title again, Georgia State's back on track to being in the Sun Belt, Belt East race. Yeah, I mean, some, it's a it's a shame for if you're a Georgia State fan that you ended up with that Troy matchup because I mean, you know, depending on who you, who you draw in the West, like might end up being the deciding factor um, when who ends up going to the championship game if JMU's not 
if Jamie's not available for that. Um, but you know, Georgia State looks like a team that can do some damage and maybe possibly play in a championship game right now. Great quarterback, great running back. Kind of like what Appalachian State has. What does Georgia State have that Appalachian State doesn't, Tibbs? Darren Granger. <laughs> yeah, but Joey Aguilar is not bad. You know, no, but but I think it's the 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 reliance and the stability of Darren Granger. Hmm. He he's. I'm scared to see if he ever gets it put together where he can pass and run in the same game. I feel like he's been one dimensional every game, but it's been enough to propel the Panthers to that victory that he's been able to either either pass or run. This past week, it was on the running attack than more so than the passing. So it's kind of scary to see what would happen if he were to. Uh, Put it all together. Do is he one dimensional because possibly defenses have to pick or choose one thing to stop and they can't shut him down with both? Oh, no I, doubt. Yeah. And, and then if you focus on Darren Granger running, he's he's gonna air it out or hand it off to Carroll, who's just as good of a running back as Darren Granger would be. Uh that's top drawer analysis, Dusty. On the top drawer, mm. I get to hang out. With our former show guest, oh. the Sicko Committee, the Commish, yeah, made his way to San Marcos to watch Char- the Warhawks play. Charming in person, he was. Oh, okay, he gave great analysis. Ooh. It was uh, fantastic. We talked a lot of business. We talked a lot of football. We talked a lot about the committee. Unfortunately, we had to talk about Joey Hobart of Texas <laughs> State. The guy was everywhere. 10 receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner with 41 seconds left. ULM did not play well. Texas State offensively did not play well. They just had that one extra score. And and the real two different plays in there that were the difference maker, Warhawks finally get a long reception to their tight end, but he's chased down, pushed out around the four. That eventually turns into a turnover on downs where the Warhawks can't push it, uh, punch it in from a yard out. And then the other big play was Joey Holbert just running a little curl route wide open. And, and, and I'll say this. The other big takeaway I have from that game, TJ Finley comes that ball in for those receivers. They might have a lot of drops, but I put a lot of those on TJ Finley because you hear nothing but thuds when it's hitting the pads. You know, when you, you – when – Coaches talk about quarterbacks. They sometimes talk about throwing a catchable ball. And that I, I don't like bringing it back to Arkansas State because that's what I usually do. But we yeah, had – yeah, I don't mind doing it. There, <laughs> we had a couple quarterbacks that started earlier in the season that really hummed the ball. And they would reach the receiver, but it was like – it was uncatchable. It was like, it was like catching a rocket. And so it looked like everybody was having these drops. And they were. I mean, to be fair, they were dropping the ball, but they weren't easy to catch balls. You bring in Jalen Rayner, and he throws something called a soft ball. Like he could throw it long, but it lands like in your in your hands like somebody just tossed an egg at you and you just catch it. And I I I I don't I haven't re- I haven't really studied TJ very much because he's making a lot of plays. Is he one of these guys though that just Hurls it a little bit too hard. 
and he has a funky arm motion. Like it's that's, it's not quite sidearm, but it's not over the top like a traditional quarterback throw. It's kind of a three quarter arm. Is it like he's throwing darts? Like, like kind of just you know, almost like, like if you didn't know any better, you'd say that he had an injured shoulder. But they were like, no, that's just how he throws. So let me ask you this, Tibbs. What is the bigger storyline on this? That ULM has now made their minds into a sunless place, having lost miserably these very close games, and, and they really just are now coma-walking through the rest of the season, hoping not to get hurt again? Or is the bigger story that Texas State, even though weren't on their game, didn't play well in the front of the home crowd, still managed to pull out the victory? Isn't that the thing you do when you're a mature winning team? You know, they had the bad or the tough loss against Louisiana. They could have easily folded up the tent once they realized that ULM wasn't going to lay down for them. And they found a way to win. So what's the bigger story <laughs> that the Warhawks are maybe the toughest luck team we've seen in the Sun Belt in a long time, or that Texas State is mature beyond its years? Chief Brave Spirit was definitely in attendance at that game. <laughs> and and I, I don't know what else we can do to try to unpiss him off. Yeah, because nothing. that's the only way that you can really say that you lose. The difference of you being two and four and four and two is what, like four points, five points at the most. Uh, I, I, I don't even think it's that many. But the fact that the Warhawks are sitting at two and four, hmm. they're not out of it. Now, they're not necessarily in the race, no. but they're not out of it yet. Not necessarily. And so I think that the bigger story here, A, was the support of Texas State. I've never been to a Sunbelt Conference game where there was that kind of environment, that kind of crowd, that kind of support. The amazing light show that Texas State has, as, as wow. their SID said, yeah, that was our investment from last year. But it was a pretty cool investment. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what the bigger story is because I've, I guess I've grown numb to the chief brave spirit, just wreaking havoc all over the Warhawks year after year. <laughs> oh, and you just have to feel for the Warhawks because they're not playing terrible football. <laughs> it's just, they're not able to seal the deal. That's twice in two out of three games where they have not been able to seal the deal. Yeah. I think it, it was a little bit telling at the, on the teleconference today. When when Bowden's asked, kind of how how do you rally the troop? How do you how do you get the guys back after like tough losses like this? And and he he basically kind of laughed, <laughs> like 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 I don't know. I mean, he ended up giving the 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 you know standard correct answer after that. But his initial reaction was just to like laugh, like it's just kind of unbelievable where they're at right now uh, with the bad luck um, for he Texas State. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing was. You look at the box score, you know, ESPN, how they figure out their QBR. Let me pull that back up. Oh, God. TJ Finley, 26.7. Like, it was one of the worst in the conference. (laughs) And, like, but he makes the winning plays. I mean, his stats are terrible, but, you know, he led that drive to win the game. And I think you got to give him credit kind of being being the gamer in in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And I thought when Jeteris Evans had that 76 yard pick six mm. that made the score 20 to nine with, uh, I think, six and a half, seven minutes left in the game, I was like, it's going to be close. <laughs> but 
I I, I think we got us a win here. And whew, I was wrong. Yeah, you know, you dared to hope. You dared to dream. Now, let me ask you this. It sounded like to me like there was a little bit of drama and brouhaha. Maybe some hijinks that happened at the end of that game. Did you just see any of that? I did. Um, <laughs> it all started after the pick six. As a matter yeah. of fact, there was bottles, cans, everything else under the kitchen sink being thrown at the ULM bench. Surprisingly, mm. there was no stadium personnel there. There was no uh, security there. However, they came out of the woodworks once apparently a ULM player allegedly threw a article that had been tossed towards his direction back yeah. at said student. Maybe and then he was promptly uh, removed by the Texas State University deputized police. Now, uh, yeah, I heard that maybe that item that had been hurled back broke a nose. That was one thing. That You know, our guy, Keith Cordello, did I get it right? Did I say it no, right? Kef. No, not, not even close. <laughs> Kef Cardello? It's Cardello, though, right? Chardello. Chardello. He was on it. I mean, he was reporting <laughs> on it. He was there. He was trying to figure it out. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's an ugly scene. One, when you have the student section right behind the opposing team, I, I, I personally, I think that's where the student section belongs. But it's always going to be a magic recipe for that kind of chaos. So, it is, But it, is it a story that we're talking about mm-hmm. if a student had hit a player in the face and made the player unavailable to play the rest of the game? Oh, I do, do that think that's that a story. Yeah. Yeah, that, because that was- to, to me, it was not the officials that kicked out uh, the ULM player. It was these university police that were nowhere to be found when the incident was actually happening. Oh. And so does it change the outcome of the game that ULM doesn't have uh, their uh, preseason all-conference receiver on the field? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not because I don't think he had had that many receptions or even targets all night long. But you never know what that does for ULM, knowing that they do have a speedster that has steady hands that they could have thrown the deep ball to for that last drive. Wow. Dust. You know, I, 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 you probably had mentioned it, but I didn't realize it was campus police that had done the escorting and not the officials. I thought the officials had said, you no. gotta get, get out of here. Wow. What if the Sunbelt officials ever seen anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I don't know that it's even their job to necessarily know what's going on behind the benches yeah. on the sidelines you yeah. know, to, to defend the officials a little bit. That's kind of like not even where they're trained to be looking at that point. But, um, yeah. you know, but shouldn't you, you can't, if the, you're a player, you can't, yeah. you can't do that. You, you can't, just know you can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You, I mean, the players have to know and they have to have been told that like, you know, they're going to be held to a different standard than the drunk idiots in the stands. But at the same time, as you mentioned, Tibbs, like, you know, they had a trident thrown not long ago. (laughs) And they're not prepared for, like, a little bit of mischief. Like, it's, you know. By the way, they would show the crowd and some, there's always a student out there with a trident. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
there's several students or student groups that now have tried it, Sarah. It's fantastic. I wish I would have captured a picture of it. Yeah, but I think you're, you have a point, though, that, you know, there's always already been a little bit of an issue. Maybe have the security ready to step up if something yeah. like this starts starts to brew. Yeah, so San Marcos is actually, are those fans getting kind of a reputation for being rowdy rabble rousers? I mean, already they get in trouble with the band member allegedly throwing the trident or whatever it turned out to be. Now you got San Marcos student section fans throwing crap at the ULM bench and then getting some of it back, thrown back at them. <laughs> the San Marcos, are they going to become the bad boys of the sun, though? Apparently. I mean, <laughs> I guess when you float the river all day long and, and uh, you have a a few too many bobcat uh, loggers there, you uh Victory you has gone their heads, Dusty. Oh, my God. What, did, what has happened? They used to be such nice, docile people, and now suddenly they've become like Georgia Southern circa 2014. Just insane with wind lust. There was nobody <laughs> chugging beers on buses. <laughs> uh, so I hear we have a Tuesday night game. I, I thought last week was going to be the only week, but I guess we're just going to keep doing this. Why not? I, I don't know. I like them all on Saturday. I don't like Tuesday. Oh, get off my lawn, Jeremy. <laughs> that is some kind of old, you know, old man thinking, I guess. And you know what? Last Tuesday night game was fun to watch. Here's the preview, though, of this game. Other Miss heads south to Mobile to take on South Alabama. I know that South Alabama has had a couple of wins here recently. Yeah. But I, I still can't buy into them. I still can't really believe that they're back and capable of being the Jaguars that we all anticipate. They should win this game, but I think it's going to be an ugly win. Mm. And one where Frank Gore Jr. again goes over his 100 yards. I'd even be willing to say 150. But I think the key thing is what do the Jaguars really look like? Are they actually going to try to open up the run game with Webb in the backfield? Or are they going to try to air it out with Bradley behind center? You know, I think Southern Miss has one of the worst defenses in the Sun Belt. And I think after having played ULM and finally gotten that taste of, of I don't know, <laughs> win lust, as we mentioned before, the 50 points they poured onto the Warhawks. I uh, really 55, get it right. <laughs> 50 plus points they poured onto the Warhawks. You know, they had the bye week to rest to get well. You know, I, I, I just feel like Carter Bradley, that connection to, oh, God, I forget the wide receiver's name. But that's a great connection that they have with each other. I think they aired out all night against Southern Miss. Defensively, I, I know you said that you thought Frank Gore might go for 150. I think they all they have to do is key in on Frank Gore, limit him to like 70, and they win this game easily. I think by the, by the second quarter, the announcers are already talking about something about what's going on with Michigan. Colorado, get it right. I, I didn't want to say Colorado and sound like a cliche, but it's true. It's, they're going to talk yeah. about Colorado. <laughs> I think you're right. I just, this feels like a blowout. I mean, I think South Alabama's 
getting better. We kind of were like, what's the matter with them after the JMU game? At this point, I think playing JMU to eight points at home is like a respectable showing. And they follow that up with a blowout. I, th- I think South Alabama is getting it figured out to some degree. And Southern Miss is just going the opposite direction. Just remember, though, South Alabama hosts the Raging Cajuns next week. Ooh. So are they looking ahead for what could be a pretty big mm. Western Division game? Yeah, I think the Cajuns have a pretty big game this week, too. So there's going to be a lot of implications going on. But, uh, yeah, I, Tibbs, I know that you're jaded. You've been hurt so many times by the Jaguars. I, I don't know who's hurt you more, the Warhawks or the Jags. But, oh, the uh, Warhawks. I mean, it's 40-plus years. <laughs> uh, but, but the Jags, I, I, I do feel – I agree with Shane. I, I kind of feel like they're they're kind of figuring it out. It's, they're a little like, like Georgia State used to be right now, where they're just really piddling along in the first half of the season – like they forgot that they had could practice in the spring and the early summertime, and now they're just finally getting it all together. So I, I think this is going to be one of those games where we see the old South Alabama come back, and they're pretty darn good. And they're wearing red helmets. Are they wearing the red helmets? Yeah, the red, With the, the red kid mark and red South Alabama on the other side, red stripe oh. down the middle, red tops, white wow. pants. Man, you you're on top of this. Fashion police in full effect. <laughs> uh, by the way, I hate talking about Power Five football when we're talking about Sun Belt. But did you catch any of that Colorado Stanford game? <laughs> no, but I did no. see that Dion has made his way onto Saturday Night Live oh, as a smooth character. <laughs> All I know is that I went to sleep at halftime. With them, like there was twenty nine to zero. I was like, okay, well, this 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 is a crap game. Stanford's like one and four. They're about to be one and five. Wake up, and it's like Prime is talking about how his team hates football, and and somehow Stanford has a overtime win. Wow, I really missed something there. <laughs> something else you missed, Jeremy? Yeah, women's soccer ticking along. Oh, South Alabama currently leads the standings 5-0-2 in Sunbelt Conference action. Old Dominion 5-1-1. Yeah. Jimmy Mad 3-0-4. Georgia State 4-2-1. ULM 3-1-3, baby. <laughs> yeah, I believe as Arkansas State and ULM played to a 2-2 tie. I believe it was yesterday or the day before. That is correct. Two winless teams in Sunbelt Conference action, Troy and Coastal Carolina, each of which 0-5-2. Yeah, why is it surprising to me that Coastal is not a good soccer program? It seems to me that that Coastal would be a great soccer program. Like that, That's in the heart of soccer country. But I, I guess maybe I, I know nothing about soccer, so I don't get it. Which is fine. You do know nothing about soccer, but you do know. know about plugs, promos, and parting shots, Jeremy. Oh, I do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You want me to go first on that? No, we'll let Shane because his team had another blowout win. <laughs> Shane well, deserves it. Yeah. Okay. Parting shot. Ooh. I feel like this just came to my head, but Jeremy, maybe part of 
your thought that the Chanticleers should get, be good at soccer is that seems like it would be like a English Premier League mascot logo type of thing. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> it does seem to have that quality to it. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. That's a little bit of a parting shot. I'd also just go with the normal standard plug to read dnronline.com slash sports and you know read all the good Sunbelt JMU coverage we have there. That's Jeremy, what do you have for us? Well, all right. So last night, I was kind of stewing about the AP Top 25, which I do every every Sunday night now. Because it, it just makes me mad. You know, you, 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 For we keep hearing Sunbelt, best group of five conference in football. Best group, best, com, best small conference in football. And we can't get anybody in the Top 25, even though we have a team that went on, a, on the road Beat Troy, beat Virginia, beat Utah State, undefeated, just beat Georgia Southern, still can't get in. And it was, I was kind of just kind of stewing about that. And the day before, I was listening to a show called Full Ride. Do you guys listen to the Full Ride with Chris Childress and New Heisel? You guys Only when I forget to change the channel. <laughs> I used to when I still had the satellite radio. Yeah, I got the satellite. I was taking a long drive. It was for work. Flipped it on, so I was listening to it. I'm cruising along, and they start talking about Group of Five, which is fine. They they usually do a good job with this. And they, they, they come up with this new thing, the Greisman, which is a parody of the Heisman, right? Greisman, I think, was some sort of... Dr. John Greisman, some sort of urologist, I don't know. I don't. I forget what their justification was, other than it rhymes with Heisman. And there was, like, kind of ho-hoing about it. And, you know, these these guys will never sniff the Heisman. You know, and they were kind of laughing about it. And th- they were being, you know, good sports, but it was aggravating to me. And, like, they had, like, six candidates, and four of them were from the Sun Belt. T.J. Finley and, and Vidal and and that wide receiver for South Alabama, just to name a few. But it was really aggravating for me to listen to this from these guys. Like, they've taken the achievements of these players, of these programs, of the fans that support it, and say, ha-ha, we're going to take them away from from half of college football, and we're going to invent a little parody award for these guys. Because they're not part of the rest of the college football ecosystem here, so I, 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 I kind of let that stew for a little bit. I, I, it's nothing I'm not u- accustomed to. I mean, this is sort of the condescension that the group of five has had to endure for a long time. So then, like, I, I'm I'm going through the twitters last night, and there's like a, a, a an account called PFF College. And they constantly like show like the leaders of college football. This guy is the leader in passing yards. This guy is the leader in punt returns. But it's never. This is the, like the the FBS leader in rushing. It's oh, this is the Power Five leader in rushing, and they showed some guy from Notre Dame. I forget his name. Meanwhile, there are three guys ahead of him, including Vidal from Troy. Another guy from Boise State, another guy from Toledo that has more yards than this guy. But those yards don't count to PFF college. 
They don't give a shit. Those yards are meaningless to them. The only yards that had meaning were the ones accrued by the Power 5 guy. And it burned me. I'm like, this is week, what was it, seven? Half of these teams have played just as many Power 5 as the rest of these guys. What the hell is going on here? It made me think that maybe ever since Cincinnati had the gall to reach the college football playoffs, there seems to be a concerted effort amongst influencers in college football to take the group of five down a peg. And I don't know. It's probably not a concerted effort. It's probably just paranoia on my part. But the more we keep separating the group of five from the P5, no matter how many successes the group of five has against the P5, the more it's going to be where we're just going to be rooting for 20 teams in the next five years. It's not fair to college football. It's not fair to the fans. And that is my parting shot. Are you guys still alive? Funbeltpodcast.com, where you can find our full back catalog of all of our episodes, including Jeremy's endless rants to close (laughs) out plugs, promos, and parting shots. And you can also click on the shop button. Guys, when I was at Texas State, I had peoples say, I'm surprised you're not wearing a boob cat shirt. <laughs> and how would they say What was the tone? What was the undertone to that, Dusty? I don't know. Catch up that on? means that there's people wanting a boob cat t-shirt. And you can get yours okay. at funbeltpodcast.com. Click shop. Search for boob cats. Order them. They come in big sizes, so they'll fit over Jeremy's yeah. egotistical <laughs> <laughs> rambling hot aired self. Hey, not and that's only- the only website I would recommend searching boob cats on. <laughs> <laughs>